0: Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable podcast. I am your host today, Jack Drackman, standing in for Kev, who is again busy. Um, you can get us in the show, EPLRoundtable at gmail.com uh, or on Twitter at EPL Roundtable.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm Guy, uh, the Liverpool fan, stepping in uh, for the usual ones. I'm over on uh, AI, Anfield Index. Uh, I host and guest on there. Uh, if you're familiar, you've probably bored of me this week. <laughs> I've been on pretty much every podcast covering the uh, the Crystal Palace game, but it will be interesting to cover the uh, other teams as well.
2: And I'm because I'm a freelance football writer. I'm a Man United fan, but I've I've sort of written for a lot of websites, European websites
0: but my main focus is Man United. Cheers for joining me today, guys. Uh, we'll start with the topics. Uh, there's no really other place to start than Tottenham this week after the managerial change made there. Um, if you haven't listened to the podcast we sent out earlier this week, there was Kev and Steve talking about the uh, change there. I think it's just over an hour. It's really good to have those two sort of morning over pot and then debating whether Mourinho is going to be a good appointment. We can obviously look at it a little bit more with the first game happening um, Spurs getting the 3-2 win I, I think they're probably a lot better than that 3-2 scoreline to be honest it's quite a good performance for the Spurs and a definite improvement I uh, just want to get your guys thoughts on do you think it was the right time to get rid of Poch um, do you think that uh, you know it sort of just um, got to the point where that change needed to be, be made and do you think that Mourinho is a good fit for Spurs or is it one that they might live to regret because it does seem to me as a a fit that doesn't quite fit Fit in with Spurs, they seem to be a long um, sort of a long-term thinking club. The Poch um, era certainly was that. Uh, but lots of young players come through the academy. That's something that Mourinho has never really been known for bringing young players through. It seems a little bit at odds with with, with the club's ethos. But if he does go and start winning trophies and maybe get some compete for the top four this year, that would be, I, I guess, a a price worth paying for Daniel Levy with where the club's at and. The, the new stadium, he wants uh, the club to be in Europe. So j- just want to get your guys' thoughts on that, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, from a, a complete neutral, and of course I'll have a, a relationship with Mourinho, and United and all that jazz, but as a complete neutral. Um, if I start on Poch, I think... <sighs> I think his I think his course had run at, the, at, the, at Spurs. Um, I think it kind of started last season, but the, the Champions League was obviously uh, a, a miraculous run. But the, the league form last season was pretty much horrendous. And if Arsenal and, and United weren't um, as poor as they were, they would have slipped out the top four completely and would have been Europa League or even worse. Um, if if uh, the other teams stepped up, so I think it, I think the rot set in last season. Uh, and now we've got now they have the uh, player situations with Ericsson's the biggest name, but the the two experienced centre backs as well. It just seems to have exploded a bit more over the summer because there was always rumours that Le- Levy wants to keep him, Poch wants him to go, they want to sign new deals to sell them on and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I think Potch, how long? What was it? Five years in the job? I think that's pretty bloody long in in, in modern football. Um, and that's probably longer than or a lot longer than the average nowadays. But in terms of Mourinho coming in, before I listened to that podcast uh, that you referenced um, at the start, where Kev was on, um, I, I wasn't. I, I didn't know um, Levy wanted Mourinho for so long. Obviously, one in from Portland, from uh, Chelsea the second time. I think it was. It's uh, or the first time, I should say. Um, and that makes it quite interesting because if it is long term plan, and I agree, Mourinho is not exactly a long term manager. But if it's Levy's long term plan, it might make more sense. But ultimately, I think the squad kind of suits Mourinho. And whether that's we get the first two good years and then the third year implodes, I mean that will only time will tell with that, I suppose. But in terms of the fir- in terms of the here and now, I think it does actually suit him. I think we'll get or they'll get um, more defensive solidity, solidity, which they haven't really had. For a, a good few years now, I think he'll improve the younger players. Not like young players, but the younger players like Davinson Sanchez, um, even like improved Delhi. I think Delhi Ali will really suit him. I think the Lampard comparisons were there before Mourinho was there, but obviously he, him working with Lampard in his peak, um, you saw the relationship and the system that worked from there. I think that can work wonders again. And going off um, Saturday, Son seems to suit it as well because, albeit United, he. Uh, he loved a wide forward, albeit he didn't really get the best out of them. But there was a system there that had too many wide forwards, especially on the left with uh, Marshall and Rashford. But uh, I think it'll suit him and Kane. The question about Kane, I mean, even that West Ham game, he seemed to be the odd one out. But I think naturally he will improve with there. But in the Kane situations, whether the injuries have kind of done too much damage to him rather than him be suited or not, but no, I think it, I think it's a good good for the short term. But if he if he buys in and a team actually gives him more opportunities, maybe he'll get beyond that third season, but it's the biggest if in football, I suppose.
2: And I just think that
1: on paper, it's
2: not a good move, but only considering that Pochettino is time for whatever he had achieved and done. And, and the fact that he had identified these sort of problems and how they will soon crop up and he was crying about how the club needs some refreshments, needs some new signings, the fact that he knew that these problems would crop up, it just says that sacking him was not a good move, but coming to Jose, if we sort of go deeper into the thing, it's not really a bad move, and it's been sort of undeservedly bashed, I'm not sure if undeservedly is the right word or not, but... Uh, we usually go on about how spurs don't never really show too much ambition and don't don't really act like a huge club or, or a top club, despite sort of being one, despite being a top six club. But when they show ambition, we still sort of go on questioning it. And I, I just think that, that it's very unfair. And people can go on about how Jose is not a proven winner, but he is one. And what happened at United wasn't directly his making. But when things were right, he... We did win two trophies and took United to the second position, which is the highest we've been after Sir Alex, and the highest we'll probably be this season and probably even next season. And coming back to Spurs, we've uh, become too used to seeing them play high-pressing style of football and just play attacking football. And they were almost like the second-favorite team for a lot of the neutral fans, but apart Obviously, apart from Chelsea, Arsenal, and West Ham, fans, but it was almost just impossible to hate them for how people could connect to them, the uh, the young players that they played, the the style of play, and the sort of manager that they had. It was pretty modern, but being so, they could never really win things. Although I'm not saying that Pochettino never really made progress or was never great or anything. He did was he is a brilliant manager and did some brilliant stuff there, but as they. Say in wrestling, I'll sort of make a wrestling uh, cliche here that when things sort of start to go bland or stale, a wrestler usually needs a heel turn. And that's when things start to change for him. That's when things start to work out for him. And I think Spurs need this heel turn now. It's high time that they uh, make this heel turn. They need to make sure that they now become a hated club instead of being the sort of well-liked club that they were under Bochitino you know, because as soon as Jose came in, people, a lot of people almost started to hate Spurs all over again. And they need to just embrace the, all the hate that they'll get from all parts of the world and make sure that they win trophies. And I think Jose is someone who will make them win trophies. But also it's also um, one more thing that Jose brings to Spurs is that uh, as soon as the press conference, his first press conference happened. Uh, I think the press box was overloaded with journalists and media from even Spain and Portugal and all these places. It shows that he's brought the attention to Spurs, a club that was always huge or or big, but never as huge as, say, Real Madrid or United or Liverpool and all these clubs. They were never really of that level, but having having Mourinho there brings a lot of popularity and attention to them. And also... Think that it's a myth that Pochettino played wonderful for Spurs to play wonderful football for the last twelve months because over oh, the last twelve months since the start of last season they were probably exactly the opposite. It was never that free flowing brand of football that we saw them play uh, before last season, and it was and it was using those ways that they reached Champions League final, and made it top four. Although reaching the top four was down to the other slipping up, but it was using that more pragmatic style that they uh, managed to beat Dortmund, City, and then Ajax in the semi-final. And that just sort of shows that there is a foundation there for players to play that brand of football and, and make sure that they get used to Jose's more pragmatic ways uh, quicker than many are expecting them to be. They did it that last season, and the way they worked hard off the ball and the way they had a very high work rate and how they worked the socks off under Pochettino shows that they can well do that under Jose if he brings them uh, by their side somehow because he's just come in, there's a new manager bounce always and players sort of play for the manager in the initial days and, and the, the playing style and the way they played on the Pochettino shows that they they know how to graft it out and they can graft it out for Jose if they play for him, and on top of that, they've got a better side than what United had in the Jose initially, and even since uh, even last season. Last season began, United never had a side that would that was as as good as the side the Spurs have currently, because they um, the, the, the the two centre backs were Tong and world. I know that they've been unsettled because of those contract issues, but if again if Jose gets them by the side and and they play for them, they can still be the sort of foundation that Jose has always needed to get the get get his pragmatic football going. He did that at Real Madrid with Pepe and Sergio Ramos never got got to do that at United because Edward would never give him the money to do that. He had that at Chelsea in, in his first spell and second spell had that at Inter Milan with Lucio and Marco Materazzi. And then uh, they've they've got a, they've got two defensive midfielders who are very much like what Mourinho wants in defensive midfielders, um, both Eric Dyer and Wanyama, Even though they've looked off off pretty off the pace in the last two seasons, but Jose has always known how to get the most out of defensive midfield players like him. He did that with Costinha uh, at Porto and did that with uh, Matic at. Chelsea in his second spell did that with Makalele in his first spell, Chelsea, and then United in his first season. And he's also got very hardworking wingers. As Guy said, they've got Son, they've got Lucas Mora and Lamela. They work very hard. And they've got that those all-action midfielders. The, the player that Jose needs of some, someone like, maybe like Michael Essien or someone like John Obi Mikel. The, that sort of player is probably Ndombala in, in this side, or maybe uh, Sissoko. Giovanni Los also can do the can do the job as well. He did that at Real Betis last season, last two seasons in season. In fact, in fact, and then they've got that uh, attacking midfield player in uh, Dele Alli. He's he's just sort of player who can thrive under Jose because he's got the freedom to do to do that because he's he has to uh, a double pivot playing behind him and. And Dombalay or Dyer, Wanyama, whoever's playing behind him. And Jose has always shown that he's got the most out of players like Lingard. Oh, sorry, players like Dele Ali because he got the best out of Lingard, got the best out of Deco at Porto, got the best out of Wesley Snyder at Inter with Fabregas and Ozil. Ali belongs to that sort of category who needs that upgrade, needs to play under Jose to uh, step onto the gear and uh, reach the next level and then. He's obviously got Harry Kane. And even though I sort of give Daniel Levy credit for having a plan, that the only reason why he got rid of Pochettino was because he knew that Jose will probably come to Tottenham. And he always had this notion that the only way he's going to sack him is because he's got a plan next. And even though I hate the fact that Pochettino wasn't given the time and he did enough at the club to be trusted for more time. But this could be a very good way forward for Spurs.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's an interesting one. Uh, definitely one that caught me by surprise. But I think if you read a lot of the stuff coming out that Spurs at the moment, a lot of stuff written on The Athletic this week, uh, sort of pointed towards um, things just growing stale for, for Pochettino, uh, that the players didn't really enjoy... Uh, the training sessions he was doing anymore. There was sort of like a headmaster vibe that wasn't there before. Um, with, with some players even scared to look at him sometimes, and it, it did seem like um, it just, you know, it's just run its course for for him at Tottenham. If you, if you listen to a lot of what Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp say about um, management in in the the modern era, um, and the longevity or perhaps lack of um, lack of it, it, it's not surprising that that. Pochettino sort of just it's just run its cause for him. Um I think it's gonna be difficult for any manager to you know, go on those long um eras that, that we had before Wenger and Ferguson being the best two examples. I don't I don't think that's something that is gonna happen anymore. I think players the attention spans are are lower than they were. Um and it, it was clear that a new voice was needed at Tottenham. Um you know, the the performances over this calendar year haven't been great. Um the Champions League final, I think, did um, colour it or uh, for Pochettino a little bit. I think that if they didn't get to that Champions League final, it, it might have even um, the the change may have been made in the summer um, because they had. I think they've lost more premier league games this in this calendar year than than any other or at least they're well up there I, I know they've they've lost more this year than newcastle have which is is pretty poor for for a top six team and and <laughs> four four wins uh well three wins so far this season it was for pochettino before um he was given the sack um so it, you know it, it wasn't great and i think that if you looked at their performances, um, they were probably lucky to get something out of that Sheffield United game. Had to get a late goal to draw against Watford. It could have been a lot, lot worse, um, to be honest. I think that I, th- I think it's probably the right time to make the change. I'm surprised it went for Mourinho, but I guess he's, he does give that guarantee of a short burst of success, even though it does seem to be getting shorter and shorter with every job he does have. Um, I guess the only thing encouraging for Spurs is that he's got a, a different backroom staff this time, and they're coming from Lille. Um, it's kind of highly rated from what I've read and that there's talk that Luis Campos, that the uh, sporting director at Lille, could be coming in as well at some point and, and he's very much a Daniel Levy fit. He, he can find a player can, and, and can turn them into something and, and sell them for a profit. He did that at Monaco. Did it did it again with Lille, with, with Nicola Pepe being the best example. So maybe that's something that Spurs are doing and, and we might see Jose Mourinho slightly change tack a little bit. Um, maybe he doesn't need the big money to spend if he's not. In, in charge but you know that's that's what we'll have to come uh wait and see if that does happen um i'm sure he'll be looking for some money to to replace those outgoing uh Alderweireld, aldevere et etc but if, if we're looking at the table westburns are now 10th place 17 points um you know level on points with manchester united one below arsenal they're certainly in in there with those two clubs uh, which brings us on nicely to the next topic, which is managers that may lose their jobs this week. Um, there are four uh, that I've highlighted. Um, just want to get your guys' thoughts on who do you think is, is the most likely out of them to to somehow salvage their job and um, maybe deserves more time. And, and out of out, out the rest, do you think that it's time to make a change? Uh, obviously, talking about Emery with Arsenal, uh, Solskjaer with Manchester United, uh, which I'm sure Cosmo have a lot to say about. And then Pellegrini and Silva towards the bottom of the league with neither of those doing too great at the start of the season. So we could see more managerial changes made this week. Um, do you think that any of those four deserve more time? And if if not, do you think that each, every single one of those clubs should make that change now? Because it does seem that that's what the majority of the fan base want. I guess maybe excluding Manchester United from that, but certainly with Arsenal, Everton and West Ham, it seems like the fans are pressing for a change there.
1: Um, for me, I think Pellegrini might be able to save himself. Mainly because I'm not sure who could go in. I think there's, I think West Ham have been linked with Rafa Benitez for about 15 years now, um, which it makes sense. I mean, me and you obviously have the relationship with Rafa. He was at Liverpool, Newcastle. And I, I think he could go to any other team. Maybe not United for obvious reasons, but I think he could go to any team here. Um, But if West Ham could get Rafa Benitez or someone of similar ilk, I think he could sack Pellegrini. But if they're going to have to go back to manager David Moyes, Sam Allardyce, I'd probably rather let Pellegrini try and restore something because he he was trying to build a style and stuff like that. I know it's getting um, more untenable week by week, but I think in that situation, it really depends on who you can get. But if, if Rafa Benitez wants to go to uh west ham wants to leave the china money uh early i I'd, I'd make that switch tomorrow if i was west ham um the other ones silver's an interesting one because he was everton's guy seemingly they wanted him uh they, they caused the whole watford um business where they they uh reported him for tapping him up and stuff like that and it kind of derailed their season didn't they and it eventually got the sack um Everton are a weird club. Like you look at the other managers they've hired they've had and sacked, like Ronald Koeman, he's doing well with Netherlands. I think he was linked with the Barcelona job if they actually eventually somehow sack Valverde, which seems to never gonna happen. Um Roberto Martinez probably probably the easiest job in football on the Belgian manager, but it is one of the biggest jobs in international football. Um and they seemingly are doing well. I mean, players, managers, even some players seem to do well outside of the walls of Everton. Like that curse, just is seemingly very, very cursed. Um, like I, I was having this discussion in one of my WhatsApp groups. I mean, it, 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 the way it is, they could hire Pep Guardiola, Klopp, Simeone, any other bloody manager, and it looks like they won't be able to succeed. I think that I know they've got they've been through a, a couple sporting directors and stuff like that, but. The ownership seems splintered uh, there's doubts about their stadium I know that, but ultimately, I do think silver's i mean the start and the fixtures they've got are pretty horrendous, so I mean they're already probably in a relegation battle, but after the uh, the fixtures they've got they could be in the relegation zone um and the people they've been linked with job wise um David Moyes uh, was linked today. I think they've been linked with Mark Hughes. I mean, his latest achievement was nearly relegating two clubs in one season. I don't know why you'd hire Mark Hughes. I mean, David Moyes makes a bit more sense due to the personal relationship with the club, I suppose, but you try to transition away from him. I know he wanted the Man United job ultimately, but you try to transition his style into a more attractive style and after, what, five-odd years, maybe a bit longer, you're going to go back to him after he's had bad spells at other clubs it just really doesn't make sense to me but it's kind of similar with west ham if you can get the right bloke in go for it maybe silver's kind of going a bit further down than pellegrini at the minute but if they're gonna well hire unsworth again um i don't think they'll improve that much I, it's it's a strange one it all depends on who you can get and the two big ones emery should go tomorrow for me i, I I was looking, I remember the start, they conceded like 30-odd shots to Watford, and they conceded 20-odd shots to Southampton this weekend. Conceding 50 shots to the two worst teams in the league is is unheard. I don't care if you've got eight David Louises at the back. That shouldn't happen. It, it It's embarrassing. Um, and it it's getting worse. It really is. Like I didn't get the hype. Well, at the start, you're thinking, okay, they kind of slipped into Europa League team, and this bloke's won... Europa League three times in a row when he was at Sevilla, uh, so that kind of makes sense. But he lost the league at PSG. I know that that uh, that Monaco team was excellent, but it's PSG. <laughs> you had so many good players, and you're losing the league. It, why? Why would a team that should be showing ambition hire someone like that? So, I, I think Emery he, he, he's a prop, he's proper trouble. I know they've got an awful defense, but. It, any manager should be able to get not concede that many chances to two worst teams in the bloody league. And even then, the, Arsenal known for attacking football, at least under Wenger, they had good attacking football and they not got the best out of Ozil because he was kind of on the decline. But you could see Ozil had a part a part to play. Uh, Young and Lacazette were in good form together. But now it just seems to be, OK, we've kind of scrapped our way through a game and has done something class, uh, Lacazette, uh, I think he's got twice uh, this weekend. It just seems to be about the individuals rather than the team. Like I don't really, I don't see the whole point. Like Gwen Doozy, he gets talked up as some like their best player, but like at the other big teams, I know it's kind of Man. Well, Liverpool, Man City are in a different league to the top four at the minute. But he wouldn't, he wouldn't get on Chelsea's bench. <laughs> um, he'd, he'd probably get in the United team because they have midfield problems, but. Uh, it they're just seemingly that far off, and even this summer. Um, and this is probably a more of a uh, a discussion about the further up um, structure as well. The, the, the transfer window they had just seemed so random. Like they went from Zaha, who predominantly plays on the left, to get Pepe, who plays on the right, and then they bought a centre back for next year, which is fine. That that can work, especially when it's a young, talented player like Saliba. And then you buy David Luiz, like why um might as well have just give mustafi free reign at doing mad stuff um i've probably have a better defensive record with mustafi in there in the games he's actually played um and yeah emory Emer- should go for me i mean even i know Wenger's took a job at fifa but if they, if they could beg him back for the remainder of the season even give it to lungberg or um or anyone else they 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 should have restarted the process I think there's so many good young coaches I think mean, Germany's pretty much a hotbed of them it may be tough to get someone like Nagelsmann from uh, from Red Bull um uh, or anything like that but I mean I'm sure we all watched a bit of Arsenal fan TV you've got like them begging for him to be sacked and even ask it I know Brendan Rogers doing a brilliant job at um at Leicester but a couple of years when Wenger was leaving they were they were begging for managers like Simeone Allegri and stuff like that it's like weird how times it's got that desperate they're gone down another tier in manager it it just feels like that that is just a down a sinking ship and United's the biggest one um I disagreed with Solskjaer getting hired I mean from a Liverpool point of view I'm glad he did <laughs> um, but if I was a Man United fan, I'd be wanting a proper manager. Um, and that probably sums up my uh, dist- distaste dis him. From I just don't, I just don't think he's up to the job. I know Man United's um, got troubles all over in terms of football structure. They don't have a director of football, sport and director, and all that jazz. And the the owner, uh, the owners aren't involved at all. Ed, uh, Woodward is a bank. I think he's a banker rather than a football person and stuff like that. But he seemingly. Getting the best out of players like Daniel James and Rashford seems to be improving, especially since Martial's came back from injury. But the rest of it just seems like like why would why why would you play Phil Jones in 2019? Like we, I think we all just watched that free all with Sheffield United and Sheffield United should have won comfortably if they didn't kind of implode. Um, I think the one good thing Solskjaer has done is bring through more youth. But this is Man United who've spent the second most in the league, I think, behind Man City. And they are, what, 10th in the league? And I think your away form's awful. Uh, I'm sure I heard that before. Ninth in the league, I should say. Um, and there just doesn't seem to be a, a plan there. I know I know they've had a lot of injury problems. Pogba's pretty much missed all the season. Um, Martial's missed bits, as I said. Um, Twan Zebi looked promising before he got injured. But... Th- these are. This is a team that spend unlimited amounts of money, and to be ninth in the league, and that looks like their level. Like the the below, Sheffield United, as I said, should have battered them. They, they really should have. and that did. Burnley have had a mixed game, mixed thing, uh, mixed season. So far, they're ahead of them. Even the team I've just mentioned, Arsenal, are imploding at the same and they're ahead of them. Uh, Wolves, who couldn't buy a win at the start of season, ahead of them. It it, it just seems a real mess from the outside, and. I think United's a bigger job than the rest of them because that's not just the manager. That is the, uh, that's the whole ownership and football structure that, need, that needs a, a rejig, not just the manager. But I think you've kind of got to do both at the same time.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role It is interesting to see what what is going to happen uh, with all of those clubs. So one thing I would say on Manchester United and Arsenal uh, just before coming to cause to get his thoughts is that Tottenham are now level, or you know they're level on points with, with Manchester United and one point below Arsenal, and they arguably had the best coach of the three at the start of the season, and they've made that change. Um, you know if if they are if they do have this big club mentality, I think that both of those should consider making a similar change. Um, I, with, with Solskjaer, I get the view that he's still kind of popular with Manchester United fans. Is that, that sort of the case, Course? Do you think that he deserves maybe a little bit more time? Um, Certainly more than Emery anyway.
2: I think he does, because I think comparing him to uh, managers like Emery and Pochettino won't be fair enough, because he's got... He was appointed back in March, late March, and that's pretty recent as compared to the other two and all the other managers. So he's got just, just one transfer window. He could just be given three players, and Wovett couldn't get us a defensive midfielder couldn't help us replace. So couldn't help us get a central midfielder to replace Herrera. But the so the signings that Solskjaer made they've been pretty good. Even though Maguire has not been up to how much we spent for him, but he's been that leader. He's sort of showed sure that he can uh, improve and he can sort of be our best defender and he's obviously been our best defender considering how bad Lindelof's been but it's, I think he does deserve time but it's even though we're ninth in the league we've got many positives and although we've been a lot of times very inconsistent but we've beaten Leicester we've not lost to Liverpool we've uh, not lost to Arsenal we've beaten Chelsea twice, these are some of the positives even though our way form has been poor but this isn't really his side. It's, it's a lot of the mess that the previous managers left and the mess that Woodward has left him with. And he's, he needs about seven or eight more players, to be honest, because the midfield that we had today was pretty small in terms of height. And against a against Sheffield United midfield that, that looks like they've served in the British Army for the last 20, 20, 25 years, we played Fred and Pereira there and individual errors costed us the game because the second Sheffield United goal is all down to how Pereira thought he's some Kaka or Ronaldinho or something. And Phil Jones is obviously pretty I don't really want to see him in the first team the next half season. And it's although I thought that Solskjaer got his tactics right today by playing three forwards just to make sure that the Sheffield uh, overlapping pentavacs backs don't really come out come out too much. That could have worked, but the way we sort of used the tactic, we never really went direct there. We got that part wrong, but, but the base and foundation for for how to counterattack Sheffield's strengths was really there. And I think Soldier has proved in a lot of games that he's pretty good tactically, although he's showed that he doesn't really know at what particular time he should make the right substitutions. Uh, it's It's been the case in many games this season against it was against Liverpool, against Newcastle, against West Ham and a lot of games but there's been the positives, a lot of positives been there but I think every manager in the Premier League deserves at least two or three transfer windows when Solskjaer has just got one All, and I, I do agree that footballs a results-oriented game and it's the average lifespan of managers has reduced over the last 10 years but if it's been about, what, uh, six years since Alex retired and we've got four different managers during this time, that's, I mean, the problems don't really lie there. And, and, and it's high time we stick to one manager, trust that philosophy, trust those ways and see how it goes because even if that's not, that doesn't really lead to us winning the league or finishing second or third, at least we'll have the foundation to, bring, say, someone like Carlo Ancelotti on in the future because he's, a, he's sort of manager who can make sure that uh, there's a foundation to the side and he can take that forward and have that side win titles. I, th-
0: I think for me, as, as a neutral Solskjaer, uh, I do understand your point, managers need time um, and he has shown a few positive signs as, as manager but he doesn't really have a, any sort of CV to, to go off uh, as a top-level coach. He, um, he probably should never have been given the job. Um, and I think that you know the, the board and, and the fans could keep buying into what he's doing and, and, and keep wanting it to go well. But I think the decision of giving him the job should never have happened in the first place. And, and at some point, they're just going to have to bite the bullet and reverse that mistake. Um, and I think... If they went to Pochettino now and he wanted the job, uh, he may not. Of course, he might not. He he might want to break. He might not want to manage Manchester United. But I I think that's a phone call that needs to be made, uh, and they need to assess that interest. And if he was available now, they should make that change. Because um, I don't think it's going to get too much better under Solskjaer. I think I think that there's a chance. Um, a, a lot of the underlying expect expected goal things like that suggest so that Manchester United have been one of the better teams in the league this season, um, in the top six certainly. Um, but I I just I just don't see it having a good conclusion to it. And I think that if you're gonna completely rehaul the the club, the structure and everything that that seems to be the seems to be the wish of, of the board, uh, and seems to be the wish of Solskjaer, you should have a manager in there that can do it and I'm not sure he is that man. Um with the others I think Pellegrini um that the, the performance yesterday was shambolic. The performance against Newcastle a few weeks ago was awful. Um, somehow managed to get out both games with a three-two loss, sort of papering over the cra- cracks, making it not seem as bad as it is. But I think that it, that's probably one that needs to be made. I think Silver's the only one. I think perhaps deserves a little bit more time. I think that if you look, they, they've won two of their last five games, and you know they they won their game before the international break. So if you're going to keep going through the cycle of winning a game, it's all fine, and then losing one. Oh, he needs to be the. Sa- Needs to get sacked. I mean, they should have done it in the international break. If that was the case, one result shouldn't really turn that tide, especially as things haven't been just a constant stream of losses, uh, like they've been for West Ham. And I think Emery, that the stats are not great, and he's he, yeah, he needs to go. Um, as Dan, who often comes on this podcast, has said for a long time, and it seems that Arsenal are just reluctant to do that and, and continue to think he's gonna something's gonna change, and it's not. They should have lost about four or five one yesterday um got out of a two two draw which probably keeps him his job but yeah it, it, i think all of them are I, i'd be surprised if, if any of those managers start next season as manager of their current club so if you think of it in that way you, it, it's probably uh better to make the change sooner rather than later especially if they know who they want to to get in um i think if you look at everton with Moyes, like that it doesn't really make much sense you'd rather keep silver um in uh same with Manchester United. If they can't, if there isn't a top-level coach like Poch available now, probably stick with Solskjaer and see where things go. But yeah, I don't think any of those coaches will start next season with their with their current club. So yeah, it, it's an inter- it's going to be an interesting week in the Premier League. But we have slightly overrun on the topic, so we'll move into um, asking both of you about your clubs this week. Uh, we've already done a lot on Manchester United, so we'll start with you, guy, and Liverpool. Um, a lot of calls on social media about, you know, VAR helping Liverpool um, and things like that. But another good win, especially after conceding um, late on and managed to bounce back with win. It just seems to be a thing with Liverpool now. It's a, it's a habit and it's a very good habit. They're seeing them get that 8 points lead at the top of the table. Um, do you, are you just confident going into every game at the moment? I'm, I'm sure you would be. Um, and are there any lingering concerns... Maybe the defense. There seems to be a lack of clean sheets this season, which is sort of killing my FPL team. But it, is is that nice just the one area of concern? <laughs>
1: um, probably the defense extended in the in the role that the midfield do um, as well. I think Fabinho's I think Fabinho's kind of held not just the midfield. Has probably held our team together. I think once you see. Once you've got had a midfield, that's had like well been in turmoil for the best part of a decade. I mean, we used to have Lucas Lever as a defensive midfield, and now we kind of transition that into Fabinho. It, it, you see that he is just the glue in our whole team. Um, yeah, the defence has been great. I think Alisson's been fine since he came back. Van Dyke, Dijk, Van dyke has been a weird one. He's not been as good as he was last season. I think most people would, most Liverpool fans would agree with that, but he's still probably the best defender in the league by, or best centre-back in the league by a a distance, especially with Laporte injured. Um, The other centre-back spot's been strange because we started the season with Gomez, whether that's because I think Matic missed uh, pre-season. And I think Gomez got the Norwich game and one other that I can't remember. And he started off poorly. He was obviously uh, brilliant at the start of last season. Then Matic came back and it was a bit bit stable but we didn't have Allison there uh, so it was a tad dodgy at times but Adrian did well enough um and now we've got Lovren back in Lovren Lovren's good when he's good and when he's not oh my god <laughs> it's uh, it's not pretty when he when he's bad i mean like this, uh, yesterday's game against crystal palace he was fine for most part but he got skinned he then he got skinned by Christian Benteke that does not happen nowadays it just simply doesn't um so yeah, the defense and midfield, by extension, is probably not a worry because well, we're top of the league and pretty comfortable at the min. Um But you can see with the tight victories and pretty much winning every game two one with a late goal, it, you can see where drop points may happen and may especially over the winter period where there's a game every two two days or something like that. Um, you could see drop points there, um, but I mean almost by. It's weird because people say we have the best front three in the world and stuff like that. The front three hasn't been its clinical best this season. and The scoring very important goals. I mean, Mane is pretty much just doing that every week at the Mint. Um, but obviously, we miss Salah. Um, he's not... Well, he's not been well. I think numbers-wise, he's having like his best start to a season. But performance-wise, it's not not been the prettiest. And I think he's had a lingering injury since we played Leicester, which was a month and a bit ago. Um, and they've not been the clinically best, but the scoring at important times. And I think that's where that's probably the difference between well, maybe have last season as well. But the, that and early Klopp teams and even Brendan Rodgers team, we're just seemingly scoring at the most important times. Probably what. Man United in under Fergie, especially in 2000s and late 90s, it was probably why we hated them. But to, to, to single in on the Crystal Palace game, it—I said on one of the AI podcasts—I probably thought that was our second worst uh, performance of the season. The first one was Man United because that was awful. Um, so yeah, I think when I think the real test of a champion and all that old cliche stuff is that you win when you're playing badly, and I think we've. Not done it all season, but we've done it constant, consistently throughout the season, and I think that's going to be very important because I think it, I think it is draws that cost us last season. I think we obviously lost, we lost head to head Man, to Man City, but we drew it with teams like Leicester, Man United, Everton, um, West Ham. So I think if we keep turning these draws into wins, I think that's what's going to kind of take us over the edge. Um, but yeah. I do go into every game confident apart with the only one I was worried about was the Man United game because we're cursed at Old Trafford um, which seemingly came true um, but yeah it it's, uh, it's strange because I think the Liverpool fan base kind of became quite pessimistic over this last decade probably since uh, Rafa left all them years ago because we just seem to always pretty much become bottlers and uh, you could probably say that tag about the Premier League last season but when you get 97 points it's hard to say bottlers but uh hopefully we build off uh the champions league success and the, the league success and air quotes of getting such a high total um and we can build on that and take advantage of man city's injury problems and um lack of consistency i suppose but yeah it, it it's good it's kind of like a club transformed over these last three years
0: yeah, just just coming on to next month, where there, there is sort of a, a fixture pile-up, uh, as you just mentioned a second ago, uh, I guess would be the only concern. Um, got the Club World Cup coming up, and of course, still in the Carabao Cup, which young yeah, club probably wished they, they'd never gone through in that game against Arsenal. Unfortunately. Exactly. <laughs> that was a, a game that Emery, it, everything was there for Emery to win that, and he didn't, which which brings us back to that. But how would you like to see uh, club sort of approach that period? Because. You know, it's, it, there's going to be a lot of Premier League games going on. That there's going to be that disruption. Um, obviously, two games in two days, which is, is ridiculous. But um, what sort of type of squad do you want in to to go into each game with? Because it's a very unique problem that we've never seen before.
1: Yeah, it really is. I think probably only United. But they can't kind I of think they banned off the FA Cup that year as well when they had the Club World Cup. So uh we we should have done that with the League Cup. I think we tried to, but as you said, Henry didn't take advantage of that. Um but yeah, I think in terms of the the squad, I think we haven't rotated that much this season apart from like the League Cup and when we've played Genk when we've changed the midfield. I think that's kind of got to change. Um I think our Technique in terms of resting the front three, which we're obviously hugely dependent on, has kind of been subbing them, subbing one or two of them early in the game and give them a rest that way. But that might have to change if we're playing every three games and then we have to fly to Qatar and then have two games in short uh, period of time, and then we come back and still have the busy schedule. Maybe we have to start playing. I think Shakiri Shakiri's just came back, so he might get some get some more minutes as as a starter. So with Regi. Uh, to go back to yesterday's game, don't don't start Ox in the front free because it doesn't work. Um, but yeah, I think we've start to we got rotate a bit more, um, and we lack options in some areas. I think full-backs and the front free is probably the the key one because our backup in both fullback positions is James Milner, and the the world room is Robertson was injured uh, for yesterday's game, and I was thinking I don't want to see Zaha V Milner <laughs> again. <laughs> Um and I think it just kind of adds a target in our team when, when we've got to do that. So, but we do have to do that, unfortunately. I think we've kind of looked out with the not so random fixture generator uh in terms of we've got an easier to run, apart from the actual um amount of games in, in December. So hopefully we can play Milner as a left back or a right back. Uh we can give Gomez um a, a, a Gomez a game over Lover until Matip's back and then we can add him in the rotation. Um, the midfield's the interesting one because we do actually have options there but we've not really used them especially in the Premier League so may- maybe we our our first choice midfield assuming Henderson, Fabinho and uh, Ginny Wijnaldum if we start playing I'd want Fabinho to play every game but he can't do that if we start playing Fabinho Kater Henderson and then play Fabinho, Ginny, um, Ox and then kind of mix it up and give for being your break, <laughs> maybe not Adam Lalana who became a defensive midfielder for a bit um, in certain games. But yeah, I think we we do have to start rotating because the sheer amount of games, it's it's going to be impossible to play. Pretty, I think we've been using twelve or thirteen players this season. We'll have to go a bit deeper in the uh, in the um, tank with that one. And, Maybe maybe an extension of this question. It'd be quite. In, I'd like us to go into the January market. I know that's kind of the end of the run, but uh, the the spots I mentioned in the squad that are a bit bare there, I'd maybe like to address them. I think we've been linked with like Ryan Fraser and stuff like that. I'd be maybe a better suited version of Shaqiri, um if that makes sense. But yeah, rotation is going to be key, and maybe January can help add a bit more depth in in some of them positions as well.
0: Yeah, I think that that's going to be key uh, to to add one or two players in January just to to make sure that there isn't any sort of injury pile-up that, that prevents you going on to secure that elusive Premier League title as it seems seems to be uh, yours to lose, although I'm sure you're not thinking that. Uh, and just before we wrap up... No, nah, not even favourite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just before we wrap up today, we'll come to you, Cos, uh, for a little bit more chat about Manchester United. We spoke a lot about Solskjaer earlier, but I want to talk a little bit more about the team and the players now. Um, We spoke a little bit about it before recording. Um, Do you think it was a huge positive today to see two uh, young goal scorers, two players getting their first Premier League goal, obviously Rashford scoring as well, another young player. Is is that really positive and and gives you hope for for the future?
2: I think it really was because uh, I was writing about uh, this issue it's somewhere recently about last week but it's the way Arsenal used the Europa League last season it's similar to how we're doing it because Arsenal last season uh, never really recruited too many attacking players and they had to rely on, li- on the likes of Reese Nelson uh, Joe Willock and Emil Smith-Rowe so they used the Europa League to make sure that they eased the transition into the first team and those guys did pretty well and uh, did did pretty well till the final and around the semi-final as well in those games against Barthe and Rennes as well. So I think we're sort of going on the same track because uh, we're, we've Greenwood has already scored twice in the Europa League, won us two games basically, and uh, Williams has also done well in three of the three of three of the four Europa League games that we've played. And both of them have got some more amount of football in the League Cup, and they'll get more of that in the FA Cup games, and that will sort of Smoothen out the transition that that's that exists between the period when the player is slowly getting into first team from the reserve side, and not just them. We've got players like James Garner who played again played in the game against Partizan away from home. We've got Angel Gomez. Although the problem with him is that he's just four foot tall and 25 kgs or something. But that, that's the only problem with him. But slowly he even he will develop into a player who can play on a consistent basis, just like players like Joe are currently for Arsenal. And we've got guys like Tahit Chung, although he needs a loan spell away from the club in January, from January to uh, the end of the season. But we've got a basis for basis for making sure that these players go on to make sure that uh, they play regular football. And apart from that, we've also got uh, Tuan Zebe although he didn't start there because apparently he wasn't fit enough to play 90 minutes, but he's done pretty well this season and he's versatile enough to play right back, left back, and he would take a spot in defence in midfield. And Bosu Mansa, he's been training recently, was out for a long time, uh, got a ACL injury during his time at Fulham, So he's slowly being eased in and I think he might just play some Europa League action on, on Thursday against Astana. And I think we're really sort of following that Arsenal track and maybe Chelsea track as well because we never really got any attacking signings this summer apart from Daniel James. So we actually needed two more. But we're making sure that uh, that need for more recruitment is not being felt by uh, making perfect use of Europa League to ease these players in.
0: Yeah, and, and just finally, a, a, a transfer-related question. Uh, a lot of rumours this week, uh, they seem to be going on for a long time, about um, Haaland at, at Salzburg. Do you think that that's having Solskjaer and, and needing a striker, do you think that Manchester United c- could pull off that deal and do you think that's definitely one they should look into? Um, you know, it, it seems to me that he's, he's going to be a player that a lot of top clubs want, but Manchester United seem to have that in. And that need so it seems like it's, it's built on something more than just speculation
2: I think there is something in it because I'm sort of close to people who work with him they're told that there is something in it and from all the sort of research that I've come across I've uh, sort of realised that it's possibly about 85 to 90% that we might just end up signing Erling Haaland. but I think that's not going to happen in uh, January even though it does, we'll probably sign him and then loan him back to Salzburg and get someone like Mario Mandzukic in. Because, but but the whole point is that we need a striker, but uh, Jose Mourinho when he was at United, he knew that Martial and Rashford can't really get us twenty to 25 goals a season when Zlatan and Lukaku did that on a consistent basis for uh, however time they played, Zlatan for one season and Lukaku for the second season for how much how much uh, abuse he got? He still scored around 20 goals a season. Rashford and Martial can't do that for me, even though Martial has looked good. But we need someone to come in and get us, get us how much ever goals Van Persie scored or goals that Rooney scored back in 10, uh, 2011-12 and uh, 2010-11 season. And I think Havant can do that. But for the time being, we need someone who is of the Mario Manzukic mold, especially for how things are. We need a leader, although Haaland is a leader. But as I said, I, I don't realistically see him arriving in January. But Manzukic on, say, a two-year-long deal, he comes in and he's that leader. He's sort of that dressing room figure, almost like Ibrahimovic was. He comes in and brings that real fighting spirit and all the young forwards that, that we've got, they can learn from him. And then as soon as he comes in, scores about six, seven goals that he usually does against especially the big teams last season he scored against the likes of Lazio, Roma, even against Milan and Atlanta as well last, towards the end of last season for Juve. So I think just get him in and for a short-term deal, make sure that the players learn from from his experience and then go for in, in in the summer and make sure that he plays first choice and then Manzukic comes off the bench because he can play on the left as well. He's we've seen that at Juventus, did that at Wolfsburg. So he's versatile enough to play out quite as well. So that's something we can really look forward to. But as I said, Haaland is not really a realistic target for January. But but it's a, a sort of a deal in which he goes back on loan and then comes back in the summer. A lot like what happened for Wilfred Zaha back in the... Uh, 2012-13 season, we can sort of try
0: that. Yes, yeah, definitely want to keep an eye on it and it would be a really exciting signing if they did manage to pull it off, whether that be in January or in the summer. But with that, we are out of time for today, so thanks so much for both of you for joining me. If you'd just like to tell people where they can reach you, now would be a good time.
1: Yeah, if you want to hear more about Liverpool and stuff like that, I'm on Anfield Index, which is at Anfield Index, and my personal Twitter is at Guy Drinkle, which is drink E-L, for spelling. Uh, Yeah, I talk video games and football and all that jazz. If you want to chat on there, feel free to follow me, and I'll probably follow back.
2: I'm on Twitter at cos__pandis17. I write about European football, basically about German football, Italian football, a bit less about Spanish football, but obviously English football. I'm on Carl Simicato, I've started off at Smack Media recently, I've written for Get German Football and Get get French Football, so uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, you can get the show at EPL Roundtable on Twitter, uh, as we mentioned earlier, there's a show out about Pochettino and Mourinho from Kev and Steve, it's a really good listen if you want to get uh, a Tottenham perspective on it, um, and just sort of breaking down where it went wrong for Pochettino and the, the hopes for Mourinho, you can, you can get that on our feed. We will have a Championship show coming out this week as well, that should be recorded Tuesday, so it should be out on Wednesday, so check that one out. Um you can get me on Twitter at JakeJack with two N's. Uh But yeah, just um, cheers to Cos to and Guy for joining me today. And we hope you join us again next time.